Hello gamers, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Cartridge Club. If you're new to the club, I'll quickly explain what we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations. I'm Player One, a name I haven't gone by in a very long time, uh, and along with my brother Player Two, a name he still goes by because he's paranoid, we host a monthly book club for gamers. <laughs> we pick a game and invite everyone in the club to play along, and then select three people to come on this show and discuss the game that mostly everyone played. Without further ado, let's meet our panel this month. So this is, before I get into the panel, this is sort of uh, an exciting month. This is the second last episode of this show that my brother and I will host. And we wanted to uh, find some way to sort of commemorate it and make it a little more special. So we brought on um, three guests who are really uh, part of the foundation of the club. And two of them who uh, were on episode two, which to date is still one of my favorite episodes. Um, so we're... Really excited about the guests, and then the other person we had to have because of the contracts in order to get the first guy from his podcast. So, <laughs> uh, coming straight from the uh, the wintry slopes of Banff, Alberta. Can I say where you live, Dean? I just realized I might have to edit that. Now out. you can, yeah. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> Dean Lasagna, thanks for being here, Dean. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, so, for anybody who's not aware, who's listening to this podcast, who somehow doesn't know who Dean Lasagna is, uh, why, don't you, why don't you let them know? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter at round underscore two underscore gaming. Like P1 said, I've been with the club since the beginning and hang out quite a bit in the forums and on the Discord and everywhere else the, the club is. I think we've actually uh, redubbed them Dean's forms. Uh, have we not? Is that not an official yes. name change? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Dean, I'm glad to have you here. Super pumped to talk to you. Every time you've been on, you bring levels of depth to the conversation that blow me away. So uh, this is going to be a great time. Next up, we have one of the two co-hosts from the podcast of the year runner-up for 2017. Oh. <laughs> However, um, they are pushing hard for, for 2018. Always look ahead. Better tomorrow. Um, we have the man, the myth, the legend buried on Mars. Hey, Kevin. Hey, thanks for having me back. To the Cartridge Club Game of the Month podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, it's so you were on episode two, and then every other major episode from that point for like the first year and a half, I think, was you, uh, Super Metroid, uh, Mega Man X, um, uh, what was Star Alan Tropics? Wake, Star Tropics. You sure did. You were my P one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been. I can't remember the last one you were on. Um, I think it might have been Halo. Nope. That was no. somebody else. <laughs> no, that was last month. <laughs> yeah, that, that was I last month. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't. Mm, maybe, maybe I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> uh, I'll edit that part out later. Uh, why don't you let people know where they can find you if they're looking for more Kevin? Oh, if they're looking for more Kevin... You're in trouble. Uh, but I suggest you look for more uh, Retro Fandango. Just type in Retro Fandango into Google, and you will find myself, and you will find my co-host, Rambox, and the the world's your oyster once you do that. You'll be entertained for the rest of your life. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Rambox, uh, he is also here today with us on this panel. And I have to say that we have had uh, more scheduling conflicts trying to get him on the show than any other guest <laughs> Uh, due to the fact that he's 12 hours away from us. And at one point, we thought it was a good idea to try and pair him up with a guest from the UK who is <laughs> five hours ahead of us. 
nightmare <laughs> absolute <laughs> nightmare but uh luckily this show was easy to plan so Rambox, thanks for being here hey it's my pleasure to be here causing scheduling difficulties and being the token american for your beatdowns <laughs> no nope. i promise there will be no american beatdowns today uh you are safe with your children in your home <laughs> thank you very much uh mark i'm gonna turn things over to you why don't you let everybody know what we've been playing this month uh this month we are playing axiom verge and i just want to start off by saying i'm looking forward to hearing what this game is about uh because i beat it and i have no <laughs> idea what <laughs> i have no idea what happened um so i'm really looking forward to hearing that and i'm happy dean's here because i know he's gonna have a, a dictionary uh, knowledge on this so yeah, we were playing Axiom Verge. This originally came out in, uh, let me check, March 31st, 2015. My goodness, that's a while back. Um, Based on your extensive market research prior to the show. Yeah, actually, I was. It, if you look on our outline, it's the date got switched to the next page, so it was hard for me to find, but I see it there now. Um, it originally came out on PS4 and uh, Windows and Mac and all that stuff, and then it later came to Vita, Wii U, Xbox One, and then finally to Switch at the very end there, uh, which is the version I played. Now, uh, noticing that this says Square Enix, that doesn't, I don't think. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's all Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, this came from uh, from Tom Tommy Hap. Thomas Hap made this all by himself. Um, pretty impressive stuff, the fact that he did it all on his own. Um, yeah, so this is like a Metroidvania, I guess would be the genre. It's a single-player game, and... Uh, you're really going to enjoy the uh, Nobuo Uematsu soundtrack throughout. It's top-notch, top-notch. Um, but, yeah. This just is, How many outlines? This is episode 58. How many outlines have you written? So this is my first time playing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. This is my first time going through it. I loved it. Uh, I had a good time from it from start to finish. But what were your guys' first impressions? Was this your first time playing it? And, uh, and maybe what version did you play? I'm going to start with Kevin. Uh, this is my second time playing through it, and I played through it on the PC, and I enjoyed it thoroughly both times. And I might have actually enjoyed it even more this time around, which kind of surprised me because I didn't think that was possible. Oh, cool. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if I would enjoy it the second time more too because I did find it a little confusing as I alluded to earlier, but uh, I guess we'll get more deep into that. Um, how about Dean? Was this your first time playing? Yeah, it was. This, is, uh, this was played on the Switch. And um, I hadn't really seen anything about this game. I'd heard of it in the way I've heard of games like Pure Solar or those those love letters to old uh, genres or, or styles. And so with a, a really vocal fan base, I'd heard it was a great game. But I think it was uh, when I was at Kevin's place. Uh, Kevin, you used to have a poster on your wall, probably right oh, behind that's right. you there. Yep. Yeah. And uh, when I saw that, I was immediately... Uh, intrigued by the artwork something about that mechanical head that disembodied mechanical head with wires coming out the back yeah. uh, one of the games I used to play a lot as a kid on the Sega Genesis was a game called curse it's a shoot 'em up and it has that same sort of head with wires coming out the back and I don't know if it's because I played that so much but uh, my first PC game uh, on my Windows 95 Packard Bell was a game called Dark Seed and on the cover of that same sort of thing a head with wires coming out the back and my favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy VII, Genova. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, first portion of the game, it's a head with wires coming out the back. So I don't know. It's always just kind of followed me along in my 
gaming history. And uh, mm. when I saw that poster on Kevin's wall, I thought, well, that's a a really cool game. I want to want to try it. And like so many others, I never did until I had an excuse with uh, the Crutch Club. Yeah, that poster awesome. is is actually a map of the of the entire world. And it's not up on my wall right now because it's actually beside my gaming PC because I was checking that map every two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, wow, it's kind of an interesting theme. I wonder how far back that theme actually goes in your life. If you could track it back even before Final Fantasy VII and Genesis. Maybe there's a weird uh, Android theme in your life. I wonder. I wonder. Well, when Dean was hatched as an infant, he had a wire sticking in the back of his head. It's all piecing together here. That explains his love of seafood. <laughs> I've seen an entire baby octopus before. That, that ah, there it is. Together. <laughs> Makes sense. It's all coming together. Ah, the old reunion episode. We're going to learn a lot this episode. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Um, P1, how about you? Was this your first time playing it? No, actually, uh, this might have been the first digital game I bought on the Wii U, maybe? Sure, I'll say that's fact. Um, if it's okay, not, sure. then I'll just say that I made it up. Um, no, I played it on the Wii U originally, uh, digitally, and I didn't get very far, um, but I liked what I had seen. I also liked Dean, I'm drawn not so much to tentacle heads, but uh, the H.R. Geiger sort of look of the the, the those specific giant heads. Um, and the world, and it's... Uh, you know, a 16-bit-esque um, side-scrolling game, so it's it's right up my alley, uh, or at least the alley I tell people I prefer, when in reality it's dating sims. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's the first time I played it, and I, I put it away. I can't remember what came along at the time, but I put it down. Maybe I got stuck or something, who knows, uh, and picked it up again on the Switch uh, for the club. I actually saw the Multiverse Edition at EB Games, the physical one uh, for Switch, and I grabbed that a, a couple of months before... Uh, we decided to make it a, sh a game, and I gave that to you because I knew you had uh, sort of gotten rid of away, away from physical collecting, and I wanted to try and bake that hook to get you back in. You know, like you would give a, a heroin addict a ball of dope for his birthday. <laughs> get you that. Yeah, it worked. Got, got hooks in me now. Yeah, that, that physical edition is pretty cool, but um, but yeah. Um, Not as good as that ball of dope I got for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I was watching so this, Deadwood this week, so. <laughs> you play this month, though. Was that the Wii U one again, or did you play the Switch one? No, I played the Switch one. My Wii U just got rehooked up this week, so uh, I played the Switch version. Cool, it's just cool. too convenient for me to take it with me to and from work. Cool. Um, okay, now I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, Richard plans on playing it on. Richard, what... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What do you think your first impressions will be like? Uh, hey, I hate to disappoint you guys, but I actually played this game a lot uh, as wow. a kid on the NES, and then I uh, played <laughs> on Super Nintendo. Oh, so we revisit it again. That's true. I am playing this uh, on, I got it on Steam, playing it on the PC with an Xbox 360 controller. Uh, yeah, I... I'm what four ish hours into it, so I, I got a decent chunk. I, I got a good game. Okay, right on, right on. That's pretty darn good. That's that's a good chunk of the game. That's actually the okay. point you will understand the story the most, and from there it all goes sideways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, we're gonna get in the story right now. So, 
Um, just who would like to quickly give a synopsis uh, as to what was going on here? Um, uh, Kevin, do you want to cover a quick, a quick synopsis? <laughs> do this to me every time. I have no clue what the story I had no clue what was going on. There was images and words flying by, and I was just like, okay, let's just go. Let's just shoot some monsters. Ask okay, Dean. Well, He's got a grasp of what was happening. I'm going to Dean. Don't worry. But I want to listen. I want to learn. Say, uh, uh, Liam. Liam the Donovan Viper comes out, and he's like, Kevin, just give me a quick – what do you think this is about? Sell it to Liam right now. The el- give him the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a Metroidvania guy. You, you start off uh, – uh, yeah. you got no powers. You got nothing. You walk to the left, you get your first power, you walk to the right, you shoot monsters, and you get more powers as you shoot monsters. And as you get more stuff, you unlock more stuff throughout the game. It's a Metroidvania game. Yeah. You That's pretty it. much just summed up my thoughts exactly. <laughs> there you go. Do we, that do we even need to say Metroidvania? Isn't no, probably not. Metroid? I mean, we, we could call Good it a castle roid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did find the roid pickup, though. Um, yeah this is just metroid that's a good point i guess there is no vania unless you count the fact that it's a little gothic in its own sense i don't know yeah i guess it is mostly just metroid um but yeah okay dean what uh, what's going on in this world what's going on in this story I'll give it my best shot. I think it's hard to um, to summarize a story like this that's that's got so much ambiguity in it. So I'll do my best, and then if you guys have a different interpretation or... Uh, we trust, my friend. All right. Uh, I think it's worth noting that the game is, you know, harkens back to the old 8-bit game, so there's not a lot of exposition. It's all done through cutscenes and, and text and collected notes you find. So you'd think it'd be pretty easy to follow, but even those are, are pretty cryptic. So you, you start off as uh, a scientist named Trace, and it kicks off with him working on, on this lab experiment in sort of a Ninja Gaiden-esque cutscene. Uh, it's got the, the panel art on the top and then the, the text on the bottom, and you see that there's a frozen valve in the machinery that he's working on, and it causes a backup, and this huge lab explosion just levels the building. Yeah. And you o- awaken in this sort of new planet this this biomechanical world with uh, uh, not a lot of memory of what's happened or, or how you got there and as you progress you realize that the um, th- this evil being has has destroyed so many of the planet's inhabitants and it's in the process of destroying whatever's left so you feel compelled this trace to, to help whatever's left of this you know this peaceful civilization you got this voice in your head and as your memories start to reform you realize that after the blast, you didn't just appear there. You you were actually hospitalized. You were in a state of paralysis. Uh, you couldn't move. You couldn't see. You were blinded. And the only thing you could do is really think or speak. And so left only to your, your thoughts, you eventually have this epiphany of how, uh, you know, a different approach to the laws of physics, a different theory around that. And so with the help of your colleague, who's also in the blast with you, you publish this this new theory of the laws of physics. And it disperses into the scientific community, and they read it, and they don't want anything to do with it. It's too different. It's, it's too much of a departure from what we know about physics today. So he's essentially blind. He's paralyzed. He's 
shunned from the scientific community. So he really has nothing left. So he decides to take that theory of physics and try to test it to cross something called the breach, which is essentially a bridge to other worlds. And he does. He, he makes it to across the breach to this world uh, that we'll find out is called Sudra. And it's essentially a hub world or a gateway to other universes. And when he gets there, he's still crippled, right? He's still in a wheelchair and he uses their technology, uh, specifically these egg-shaped chambers that are throughout the game, they act as safe points. And when I say egg-shaped, think like Darth Vader's meditation chamber in Empire, mm. sort of that mm -hmm. locking egg thing. Good description. Uh, yeah, and he, he essentially revives himself through that. And he spends the next few months and years in Sudra learning about all of this technology and that these healing pods are, are really just the tip of the iceberg. And that is flush with technology that could cure all of Earth's problems, uh, hunger, war, everything. So he says, well, I want to take this technology back to Earth and, you know, use it for the greater good. But the Sudrans don't want him to leave. They don't want other universes or other worlds coming to their world and taking or stealing that technology. So they're going to try and stop him. So he decides to call himself uh, Athetos, which is a Greek word meaning uh, like one without a place or one whose opinion doesn't matter. And so as he goes through, everybody starts knowing him as Athetos, but he can't fight these Sudrans by himself. He's just one guy. So he starts to use that technology to replicate his DNA that he's left in all of these uh, egg capsules and he creates this army uh, of essentially clones and these are the bosses you fight throughout the game every boss you fight you'll see it has a, like a face of Athetos uh, of the main character um, you know it's these are just clones gone wrong but essentially it's this clone army and there's these other giant war machines called Brisalki who are sort of the defenders or the guardians of this world of Sudra and he finds one named Katrahaska who uh, essentially uh, likes his idea of using the technology for the greater good in other worlds and helps him. And so they essentially enact genocide uh, across Sudra. All the Sudrans have this uh, biological weapon uh, called the pathogen uh, enacted upon them, and they, they either mutate or they die. And so the other Rasalki, these other big war machines uh, that we'll talk about, uh, Elsinova, Ophelia, Veruska, they sort of gather up and, and fight um, Athetos. They, they, they try to stop him. And in doing so, they not only kill Katrahaska, who is the, the war machine on his side, um, but they also defeat his defenses for the pathogen. So he's forced to retreat into that dome that you see uh, when you fight him in, in the final stages of the game. He's sort of floating around. If you, if you remember, again, Empire, Luke had to float around in that back to tank after he got hit by the Wampa on Hoth. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that sort of keeps him from uh, being affected by this disease that he's, he's put onto the Sudrans. Uh, so as he's retreating, he also turns off the remote drones that keep those war machines going. And so they're forced to deteriorate. So essentially, there's no more defenses. He's in his little pod. He's still able to create clones, and he's still going forward with his, uh, his you know, nefarious goal of stealing this technology and bringing it back to Earth. So these uh, the Rasalkans, the good Rasalkans, they say, well, we only have one choice left. We, we have to use that same technology to recreate a clone of him from when he first got there, from when he first crossed the breach, from when he was still crippled. Mm -hmm. And that's the very start of the game. 
is you, oh, you are man. essentially that clone um, that they reawoke. And that voice in your head is is them, is Elsa Nova, it's Ophelia, it's Veruska, telling you exactly what you have to do. You have to re, uh, re-enable those drones. You have to, um, you know, go through the map and do all these things and ultimately uh, bring an end to Athetos, who is you. It's it's who you were cloned after. So after you kill Athetos, Elsa Nova um, essentially uses her power to return you to uh, just after the lab explosion, only you're not crippled, you're fine. And you can't, you can't stop thinking about Sudra. Um, that, that's all you can think about. So you return to, uh, to a lab and you start finding a way to get back there. And in the last cutscene of the game, uh, you see Trace. He's working on a lab experiment once again. And he, he has his eyes gleam. And that's sort of the signifier that he has become a Thetos again. And he's going back to steal all the technology so it's, it's actually wow. I, I think it's a really cool story if you start reading the notes and putting the pieces together what i yeah. didn't get is uh the post credits cutscene. so i don't know maybe somebody has a different interpretation of, of what it could have been but that's my thoughts i now love this story i uh <laughs> that sounded awesome <laughs> that's that's great i was always i was never sure if maybe uh I couldn't figure out what was figments of his imagination or if all of this was just a, a state that he was in in some sort of coma and then it was all sort of in his head. Um, but you just summed it up perfectly. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, thank you, Dean. That was amazing. Um, I just, can start. I just point out how great it yeah. was? He had to throw Kevin under the bus before we got that. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting Kevin, it. Uh, my side. It worked out great. Um, Let's talk about some of these characters then. And what did you guys think about the story in general? Um, Rambox, what did you what do you think of the main character here so far? I don't like him. Why not? I don't like him. I don't, I don't like the look of him. I don't like with his slacker hair and his like lazy <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I'm going into there's no way I can stop comparing this game to Metroid. You go from an intergalactic bounty hunter to some slacker guy in a, in a lab coat who doesn't want to be there and just like, eh, whatever, sure, I'm going to do this. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the look of him. I don't like the That's cut of his jib. Uh, I'm actually with Richard on this. He is my least favorite part of the whole graphic design of the game is his actual look. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Metroid for millennials. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you want to spice it up a little bit, uh, there is a password system. And uh, if you go into the password system and type in Justin Bailey, the classic really? Metroid, uh, yeah, classic Metroid uh, yeah. password, uh, you can he'll uh, wear a little uh, suit for you, little uh, oh, really? bikini for you. Yep. Oh, really? Is this a bikini suit? <laughs> yeah, I uh, posted a photo of it in the forums over in Dean's oh, forums. So you can that's check that out. Done. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now we're, now we know what Rich is going to be doing for the rest of the playthrough. Eh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I, I don't think I interacted with many other characters beyond that other than those uh, big heads. Yeah, I think those are those are the other characters, really. That's it. Yeah, there's three of them, and then there's you at the end, essentially. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And all, well, all of the other, all of the bosses you fight are distorted you. versions of you. Yeah. Um, they I, just I they're, they're ones that that went wrong. You know what I mean? Things happen that cause them to mutate into those things. He, yeah. if you one of the notes that you read, um, it says where um, 
Athetos um, version of you, original you, is making these guys, and they all start to have their own personalities. Um, and I actually don't think that she sends him back to Earth because there's like there's been no nothing to say that they have the ability to transport people through time. But one of the Rusalki has the ability to create dream worlds uh, where people are trapped in a, a dream state. And I actually think that at the end of the game, they have her create a dream world for you, Trace. And the the um, if you don't get the good ending, you just go on assuming you went back to Earth. But when you get that good ending is when you see uh, Athetos' version of you come and shoot you. And that's you realizing you're in this dream world and you're waking up from it. I don't think they actually, I don't think it's a happy ending oh, this game. Oh, hold, I think they, hold on. Um, I, I'm not familiar with that ending that you just described. I don't think I got that. Yes, yeah, so you need to get 80% uh, item and 80% map, I think it is. Um, I don't think to I did get, that. So you get the, everything about the ending is the same, except uh, at the very end, as you're working on the Axiom Disruptor in your lab back on what you think is Earth, or what could potentially be Earth, because Tom Hap hasn't come out and said which is real, um, uh, the door opens up, and it's human Athetos standing there with a gun, and it says, you didn't think you could escape, did you? Along those lines, along those lines. And then you hear the gun fire. Oh, um, snap. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think that, I don't think that they sent him back to Earth. I think that they put him in one of their dream worlds, and then that's uh, what's happening is you're waking up from that. You're realizing, hey, the Rasalki sort of screwed me over here. Oh, hmm. cool. So so after you kill Athetos, instead of being warped back to Earth, they just put you in this coma? Yep, yep, that's you, what I think. Just... Okay, cool. Like Vanilla and, uh, Sky? Whether or not, yeah, exactly. Whether or not that's, mm -hmm. I mean, that could very well be the way you described that. I don't know. There's, there, there's, there's another theory that involves multiverse that there's – uh, a multiverse of rope there where um, they pull uh, the original trace comes, it gets, has the, has that explosion in that lab and shows up in Sudra in the wheelchair. Cause you find his wheelchair in one of the, one of the rooms um, and it has some of his notes and that trace goes through and becomes uh, a Thetos and he's the bad guy. And then they pull you trace from a different version of a different universe that has the same guy. And then you come in and then that's, that's another one of the other theories. And then when they send you back, they're sending you back to your own timeline or to your own universe, which isn't the same one that had the explosion. So that was that that was the YouTube video I watched. That was really weird. It was late. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay. I, I love yeah. that though. I love the the idea of not knowing the story or, yeah, or just yeah. trying to have to decipher it yourself. Mm. It's, mm. it's I would rather it just be like a straight this is what happens. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it seems it, it seems like, like I haven't gotten there yet, but it seems like it's just designed for this, so everybody can sit around and speculate. It's like yeah. I think it's this, I think it's that, and this is this, and this, and this, and this. Yeah, it's a I, coherent I, story. You know, I'm with you, Richard. I hate these kind of stories. I hate like I'm not a fan of Inception or Vanilla Sky or anything with dreams. I, I like the fact that like I want this guy fighting monsters, a real monster that's in front of him, not that he's lying on a bed somewhere thinking about fighting monsters. That's right, just yeah. that just takes something away from me. So mm. I'm gonna continue to ignore this story and just pretend that the <laughs> monsters are real. <laughs> that works. Do you that remember uh, there was a television show when we were kids, Mark? Kevin, you might remember it as well. And Dean the called the Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. The kid was in a coma for. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, he was Canadian, in a coma, right? and it is yeah, it's Canadian. That's why I didn't say, think you would see it, Richard, because um, <laughs> um, 
American TV comes here, but Canadian TV, the tariffs on that are so high, we can't get it across the border. Um, <laughs> I know I said I wasn't going to do any. Yeah, it took long. But, uh, yeah, so this kid's in a coma, and he in the coma, he's, like, living out this essential dream world of, and it's pretty, I actually enjoyed that as a show. I might try and track that down. Probably doesn't hold up. Yeah, I have no problem if it's a dream world thing, like Wizard of Oz. It's all a dream, but it works because they they hit all the right notes. You get a resolution at the end rather than just yeah. a oh, what's going to happen, you know. You it's, just want yeah. them to at the dream end world, tell you. I, yeah, tell a concrete yeah. story. Like just say absolutely this is this. That's it. Gotcha. Yep, I can understand that. Um, yeah, Kevin, what did you think about the main character and and the big giant robots? Did you like them? Uh, like the look of them or just them in general? I, yeah, and your limited interactions and stuff, I guess. I don't know. It's every, I, I really got nothing much to say about the story or the characters or anything. None of that really spoke to me on any level. Like you were unlocking these um, pieces of paper, you know, to, to read and notes. And um, I, I tried reading them and I was just like, I just want to get back to the game. I just want to yeah. shoot things. And then some of them weren't in... English, right? They're in some yeah. gibberish, and you got to uh, find a, a device at some point that can transcode all those things. And it sounds like if you had all that, like if you were following along with all that information, it would give you know something to some, like it would give a little more depth, I guess, to the game. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just, I just didn't need that. I just don't need it. I just need a challenge, you know, a good challenge, good fun, good, yeah. good. Uh, level design, gameplay, and I'm, I'm invested. I don't really need uh, all that extra stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I didn't really feel anything for Trace. I liked his name. I thought that was cool because it's he is cool. a clone. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But other than that, nothing really spoke out to me. Okay. Trace is a cool name, actually, in general. Yeah. I actually thought the first time I saw his picture this time around playing, yeah, I actually thought he looked like Josh when he had the afro. Yes. Josh used to have his afro. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say it earlier, but I was like, oh, we just shit all over how this guy looked. Image, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm playing as frantic through this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now that's where I – I know I said that that was my least favorite part of the graphics. That's not to say I don't like the way Josh looks. Josh, you're a beautiful man. Just pixel pixel Josh. I don't want to play but, games as you. But Josh in a bikini. All yeah, the time. Oh, yeah. Le Leotard Josh, I'm all over that. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> All right. Well, Dean, you have a very firm grasp on the story. Did you like it? Did you like Trace? Did you like the giant robots? Um, I, I will say I liked the story. I didn't care for the characters. I didn't think any of them were particularly deep or um, had enough lines for you to really care about any of them. So I, I would agree. I mean, Trace is a scientist with mutton chops that you play through the game. He's just here. Like yeah. insert character here, yeah, and, and play through the game. Like uh, Richard uh, said earlier, it, it's very much a Metroid game. And if you think about the Metroid story, it's definitely you're, you're thinking of the opening text, I guess, and then you're killing monsters. So <laughs> you can go you into this. Sum, you could sum up the Metroid story in a three-word <laughs> review: get them Metroids. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yep. Okay, cool. So let's get into the meat and potatoes, and that is the gameplay mechanics. 
This is, uh, I'm assuming, what kept everybody going. Uh, we're going to talk about sort of the map system, exploring, that kind of thing, what your favorite weapons were, anything like that. Let's just dive right in. P1, what did you think of your gameplay mechanics in general? Did you like exploring the world? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I So I played with, uh, it, it was a guide in the terms of, it said, go to this zone next. You know, it wasn't like, go to this spot at this point and do this exact thing to get, it was like, explore this part of the map next, explore this part of the map next as you go through and get your stuff. So it sort of helped me out. Um, I, otherwise, I don't know how I would have had the patience to, to go and try and figure out everywhere to go and every which way. It also, I think, Did you find that on justifiedcheating.com? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, that's uh, .ca. .ca. We got that. Yeah, that's where we went. Because our net neutrality is still in place, so I wanted to make All sure right. that I didn't have to. <laughs> Are not in place that I can never get straight which one of those is the bad way um <laughs> uh yeah so I uh, I did I liked it a lot it was a lot of fun um I liked the the uh, all of it. it was there's no there was one one frustrating part a little bit for me was uh the grappling hook but that's every game that has a grappling hook except for bionic commando causes me frustration um, yeah that, that was cool. but you you had to use it hardly at all um but as far as gameplay went, it was good. I felt the difficulty spiked a little bit towards uh, the latter half of the game. But again, that I wasn't going and getting everything. I wasn't getting all the upgrades, so it might have been a combination of that. And I'm just not that good at games. so <laughs> Could have been. Um, I definitely found the most difficult part was getting <clears throat> getting lost. Or not getting lost, I should say. Um, that was hard. I didn't use any guide. So sometimes figuring out where to go next was frustrating. It was hard um, running around trying to find it. But I found that as part of the challenge. Um, but yeah, we'll get more into challenge, I guess. What did you think about exploring, uh, Kevin? Uh, I, I liked it. The first the first time I played the game, I didn't follow any guide or anything like that. I just played the game. You know, just whatever I found, I'm just going to go. Whatever I remembered to go back to and look look for after I got an upgrade, I, I, I went back to. But I didn't follow anything. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I had a good time. It was difficult, though. I did... I did hit those difficulty spikes and this time uh, it, this playthrough was uh, about finding all the stuff I missed and uh, I think you know I I had like probably about six or seven weapons and uh, you know a few a bunch of upgrades and I, I was at like 40% I think I finished the game with you know 40% of this and when I went back and played this time I was, how many weapons are in this game? I just kept finding more and more weapons. <laughs> a lot, yeah. There is a, a crazy amount. Uh, the, the um, you know, the amount of uh, nodes and all that, all the amount, uh, the amount of stuff to find in this game is ridiculous. Uh, in a good way. You know, I, I like it that it's there. You don't really need it. You don't really need to look for all that stuff. It's there if you want to. If you want to extend your gameplay, if you want to find everything, it's there for you if you want it. You don't need it to finish the game yeah. so I like that I wish that the map system was a little uh, better laid out you know I think even Super Metroid had that um, thing where it, it, if you got to a spot on the map and there was something in that room it would just put a little dot on the yeah. map and say there's something here it wouldn't tell you exactly where it is or anything just mm -hmm. keep looking and once you get it that dot goes away and in this game there's nothing like that they give you two checkpoints you know, you can put a manual checkpoints in a, a one or a two, and that's it, right? So if you come, if if you don't think to put that checkpoint in there, or you 
you find more than two things on your adventures, you're, you're SOL. You have to remember <laughs> to come back to that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, I use that uh, uh, wall art slash map uh, to find a lot of the stuff that I had I had missed. Because even this time around, I went through uh, everything, and I did, you know, I did take my time a little bit more to find more stuff. But I got to the end boss, and um, I was at the broom, and I could go in to fight him, but I I went exploring some more, and even then I was only at about sixty percent. I still had forty yeah. percent more stuff to find. And I was shocked at how much of it was weapons. <laughs> it just kept, I had this, there were so many. It was crazy. I had the same feeling. I my total time I have the my screenshot here is nine hours forty one minutes. Uh, map ninety percent, item sixty six. It's like how how's that yeah. possible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, so yeah. I I played this alongside Blaster Master Zero, the Blaster Master remake. Um, and that has an option on the map, and, it, and I, I'm glad you brought up the map because. That has an option on the map. You can toggle on or off. And if you turn it on, it highlights on your map, like the map, if you go in and look at your map, it'll show you there's a boss you haven't fought yet in this cave, and this is the area you have to go to to advance the like the, the story. Um, cool. And you can toggle that on or off as you need it or don't need it. And, yeah, that would have been... I mean, I wouldn't have had to use. I wouldn't have had to gone justifiedcheating.ca to get my guide <laughs> if I'd had that option. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, like Kevin said, you don't need to get all this stuff, and it's just yeah. cool that it's there. It's cool if you want it. Um, and I part of the challenge for me was finding the way to go. So I was happy to have that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, how about you, Richard? How's uh, how's exploring been going for you? Enjoying it? You know, the first part of the game, I, I enjoyed it. Once you get the the drill and that little, um, I don't know, whatever that goofy gun is that uh, changes stuff. Shoots punch up little rectangles. <laughs> the what? It's the sound effect for that one is the same sound. Isn't that the sound effect from Punch-Out when, when the text is going up? That's your Punch-Out oh, yeah, yeah, chat yeah, yeah, yeah. sound, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes. oh. I never thought of that. <laughs> that. That's the one that's like, that one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same sound effect from Punch Out when they're talking in between rounds. Sorry, how does it go again? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I got those things, of course, everywhere I go, that drill is on. I'm just constantly drilling That's what against I was the surface, do. you know. And then you find a bunch of stuff, and it's cool. I, you know, I feel really happy when I come across something. Uh, at the moment, I hate it because I'm stuck in this one section where. You progress to, I don't know, maybe I'm like four or five levels, areas in, and now I just can't go back the way that I came. There's this jump <laughs> that you can't make, and it's like I have no idea where to go. So I'm just going over every single room over and over again. It's like, eh. that, well, it gets kind of grating. That spot thinking. is an infamous spot uh, where a lot of people get stuck. And when this game first came out, a lot of people who were reviewing advanced copies of the game got stuck there. And... Uh, what you need to do is use that uh, that uh, super punch out <laughs> gun, whatever, <laughs> and uh, you use it on one of the uh, pools. There's uh, aliens yeah. jumping in and out of pools. Okay. You got there. Okay. Use it on that. It's solid. It makes that solid, so then you can jump on that and and yeah. jump forward and progress forward, and then you get something that'll let you get past that jump. Yeah. Okay. Same right. thing happened. Yeah. To me. Trying trying to figure this thing out is like, how much time do I want to devote to just double, triple checking everything, trying to yeah. drill on everything, trying the punch out gun and everything. Mm. 
But I mean, I, I'm only at the point where I have like three weapons. I guess uh, the first three you come across, and um, I got a lab coat. I gotta say, the lab coat is my favorite thing so far. Nice. I don't even remember what it does, but it's just cool to have a lab coat on after a while. <laughs> the graphic up. It allows you to transport through walls. Oh, that's yeah. the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah it makes it makes the Fandango salute sound. That... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of does. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, copyright, uh, yeah, some copyright strikes, Tom Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, I get a kick out of it, but you know me, I four or five hours is good for a game. You know, after six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours of this, there's only so far I can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you just get through that part, man. You're gonna love it. Trust me, trust me. Okay, I'll Dean, try. how about you? What, did you like exploring the world here? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I think that Sudra uh, as a whole is cool. I think the dichotomy of, you know, that living biological terrain and, and the mechanical stuff is, is really cool as a whole. But I just felt that, and I don't want to compare it to Metroid all the time, but if I said Norfair or like Magmore Caverns, you know it's the fire spot of the right. Metroid games. If I said like Brinstar or the Talon Overworld, you think like, oh, the jungle spot. You know, if I if I said Fendrana Drifts, you'd be like, oh, the winter spot. And I think that made Super Metroid or Metroid Prime easier to navigate. Oh, I have to go back to the snowy area. I have to go back to the, the magma caverns. And, and this game, everything just kind of blended together a, a little bit too much. I didn't really find any differences between the areas. Maybe a color palette change between purple and pink and, yes. and green. But and, and I guess holistically as a world it makes more sense but it, it just made it really hard for me to try and remember where to backtrack to to do that one jump that i didn't do when i didn't have the double jumper or, or whatever the case right so i think if this game had more of a fast travel system between those eggs we could have kept it down to like a six seven hour game in total and yeah. uh i think that would have relieved a lot of my frustrations of having to back tracks so often to try and find that one screen that i recognize uh, yeah, did you make much point. use of the monorail system dean because i know i use that all the time oh yeah mm -hmm. the, there's there's one section there uh in, in the middle of the map it's a it's a long straight piece and it's a one of those giant heads and if you jump on the head it runs and stops at like four different four or yeah. five different stops that let you off at different zones you can you can traverse the whole thing fairly quickly, but it is still too long. I do I, that would have been great if they we'd been able. Are you to, being serious? Yeah. Really? I didn't I didn't <laughs> see it till the I didn't see it till the end as well. Yeah, thought it, we, no, I'm not fucking with you. So in the it's I think it's called Indra. I think is the name. It's a long. Okay. If you look at your map, there's a long centerpiece and yeah, there's a yeah, giant yeah, head in it. Hub that takes like six hours to walk across. Yeah. Yeah. So don't walk across <laughs> it. There's there's a giant. One of the stops is a giant head. Oh, if you jump goodness. on top of it. Uh, it runs along that path, and it'll whatever direction you're facing, and when you jump, it runs that way to the next stop, and it stops at each of the different worlds, or at each of the different zones. Like there's a stop for each of the different. Like there's an actual subway system. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> Kevin, back me up on this. <laughs> I know you're 100 percent right. That's true. I, that's true. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I I totally missed that. That that probably would have made it uh, not yeah. easier, yeah. but. Uh, it's still really inconvenient. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I was I was going to disagree with you a little bit because I didn't find the areas that big, you know, like it didn't feel yeah. as big as a Metroid uh, game. So getting backtracking and getting around didn't feel that much. But yeah, if you're not 
if you're ignoring an entire mechanic of the game to help you get around, then yeah, definitely it's going to be <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, that's, this uh, slows way down. Story, I, I got a hundred percent, so it was it was just a lot of backtracking for that sort of stuff. Oh wow, nice. Uh, when 100%. we're done recording, Dean, throw the game in. Go to I think it's I think Indra is the name. It's when you yeah, look yeah, at your yeah, map, you'll see that's the long centerpiece. Go jump on it and then text out or tweet, tweet out your frustration. That's can we can we can we capture that and loop that? He's just gonna ride it all night. A hundred percent, man. How, how many hours are we talking here? Uh, I can check. I think it was twelve. That's pretty good for a hundred percent. Jeez. Wow. I was fourteen I got, hours um, and I cheated. <laughs> I got ninety nine percent in about ten hours, but it was this is my second time playing it. And there's just one block. I know exactly where it is that I need to get, but I just don't feel like going to get it. So I'm just like, ah, screw it. 99 is good. Whatever. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely understand about the, uh, like I found the original Metroid. I, I always had trouble separating them because it is literally just um, color swaps really. And that's not my, my strong suit. And I did find that with a lot of these worlds too, but yeah, there's different enemies so there is ways to differentiate but it's just not as noticeable as say like super metroid or something like that too um so yeah i completely understand what you're saying um okay cool well, let's get into uh maybe our favorite weapons i guess uh this is the things that you're going to be using the most i suppose uh i liked the lightning one the one that just sort of uh moves to them as soon as you walk into the room essentially yeah as long as you get close enough and i got the extended uh range upgrades as much as i could for that um so that was my favorite but it's kind of weak but i like just jumping around killing things uh but how about you guys i don't even remember what the name of that is anybody know what the name of that is vorange well, yeah well, that, we should also note all the weapons are weird <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. the names are all weird if you uh, say, but yeah i understood lightning gun i have no <laughs> idea what vor <laughs> i think colleen packed a vorange in my lunch this week <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my favorite. Um, Kevin, how about yours? What was your weapon of choice? Oh, the, well, the weapon that I didn't use the first time that I made sure to get this time was the flamethrower because that thing breaks the game. Um, if you want to make this game extra easy, just get that because its biggest advantage, especially with all the extended upgrades, the, its advantage is that it can go through walls. So you can just hide behind anything and just blast enemies away and it it's excellent on every enemy in the game oh wow you know? i don't even know if i got that and i think about it it's uh it's one of the ones you need a password so you got to find some notes and in the notes it's in the, they give you the password to get that thing or you can just look it up online like i did <laughs> wow so you can get that like right at the start then eh? yes it could be one of the first weapons you get i it was but i waited i i went through Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, made it to right before the end boss. And then that was the first thing I went back to go and get uh, just to do all the exploration and that to make the exploration right. easier for me. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, OK, other than the flamethrower, then what did you use for maybe your first playthrough? Uh, mostly the, the the first weapon that was like a pretty good all round uh, gun. It had had range that could go really far. It wasn't the most powerful, but I remember using that uh, the most. And then that um that one that kind of had like a green electric shotgun kind of thing yeah. like it didn't have very much range but that could go through walls as well so you could like you could cheat the system and jump up really close to enemies that were against walls and take them out so i probably use those two the most yeah for sure i definitely use that one too for uh for those ones that get stuck on the wall thankfully <laughs> 
Um, okay, Richard, what are you using? Well, you know, I, I don't want to... The drill. With all my secrets here. <laughs> to start the game, you've got this inclination to head over to the right, but I stepped over to the left. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I stick with the base formula, that basic pea shooter you get. I got a couple of the upgrades, so it's a little more powerful, but I've only got the three, so... Um, Basically, I find that is most effective for most of your situations. And then uh, it's just for strategy, the other guns. You know, when you need to hit somebody with some cover, you fire that thing that explodes. You can detonate it at a certain distance. That's really helpful. And yeah. then that um, that flashbulb thing, yeah, you can go through a couple of walls and get somebody who's underneath a platform and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, some of the other stuff sounds cool. So eventually, <laughs> if I find any of those. More to see. Yeah, that pea shooter, the original gun is actually, I used that a lot too before I got the lightning gun. I think that overall, I probably used that one the most in the game. Um, okay, Dean, what was your weapon of choice? Uh, I think same as Kevin's first playthrough. For me, it was uh, that Kilver, that burst of uh, electric mm -hmm. energy, that little orb. Because it's like a shotgun, right? It's just close range, but super heavy damage. Uh, there was that um, that lightning uh, inertial pulse. It was like a just a lightning bolt that went through everything. Yeah, I use that a lot too, and uh, that Rygar shield. Use that a lot. That was super powerful. I don't know if I had that. It's like a yo-yo with like spikes yeah, yeah. or something on it. Yeah, I think that could go through walls too, right? I don't think I got yeah, that. Yeah, and you can like swing it around with your analog. It could. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't cool. think I got that. That sounds great. It doesn't like Rygar. Um, okay, P one. What was your weapon of choice? Uh, pretty much uh, like everyone else, I got that main gun. I, I loved it. I, uh, situationally, I would use a couple different ones depending on a boss fight. Like uh, the scorpions, I would use the one that you could shoot and then tap your shoot button again and make it explode in a starburst to get like underneath them. Um, but uh, just just prior to the last boss, um, I think the second last boss is the one I, I did... Uh, like Kevin there, I went and I got that flamethrower, and holy shit, I wish I'd gotten it at the beginning, because it's crazy. <laughs> it's just like, I, I spent the, the last two boss fights just uh, you know, one-handed them. I was playing one-handed and eating a bag of chips with the other. It was, it's that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy. But I, that main gun, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the way it looked. I like, because when, when I'm playing, like, I get... If, if things are getting intense, you know what I mean? Start, my, my thumb starts going faster. You know what I mean? I start clicking faster. And that gun shoots at the rate that you press the button, whereas some of them didn't. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was that was the one I chose. Cool. Uh, curiosity. Oh, cool. Do you have your screenshot from the end? I'm just curious what your death count was. Uh, I have it on my Switch, and I tweeted that I can look it up while we're talking here, but I think it was. Yeah. Does anybody know their death count? I'm just curious what the average. Yeah, for me, it, me it was uh, 28. Okay, cool. And no, I am. Me too. <laughs> uh, for me, it was uh, nine. That nine okay. Wow. Oh, no, that, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was my second time playing, so I was a little wiser this time. I, I kind of oh. knew what to expect, and I had the boss patterns in my head already. So I do want to talk about bosses. Um, did What did you guys think of them? Did you find them creative did you find them boring did you find them uh, challenging boring. boring is good well i i've only encountered i think the first three and uh, definitely that third one you know the you go in and it's giant and you kind of shrink down it's got the laser arm and it, yeah. it's just yeah. 
it's in, yeah. sitting in the water. Um, it really didn't take more than a couple seconds to realize you just have to sit on this one spot and shoot yeah. and then move down to another spot and shoot. And, yeah. you know, that's it. So, I have no problem with that. It's just... But it's so intimidating, right? You walk in that room and the screen pans way out and he's huge and you're so small. And you're like, oh, man, this isn't your mom's NES. And then, you know, I don't know. And then when you realize, you're like, oh, okay, all right, this guy. This yeah, the direction so was fine. It was just, okay. Yeah. Just sit over here. I think there's yeah. a big glowing arrow saying stand here and shoot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mark, uh, my death count was. Stand out. Any bosses stand out to you? Um, yeah, the bosses are were kind of a mixed bag. I grieved early on; they were kind of meh. They were. I like the look of them; they look cool, and I like that sound, that that roar that they gave. It was and, like an engine uh, revving up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you knew they were angry. You knew they were upset. <laughs> and I like the little dialogue too before you uh, yes. fight them. You know, he that. that was talk about story. That was a part of the story that I appreciated, where he was like look, do I really need to fight you? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get through here. I don't really want to destroy you. And there, the, it was like a, the Terminator robots you could not uh, reason right. with, right? They're like, no, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And um, every time I'm like, this one will listen to me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it, they kind of looked like those, um, the, the HR Geiger beings that you kind of talk with, right? right? So there are robots in this game that do listen to you, that you mm-hmm. can reason with, but not those yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, if they're gonna growl, you're you're pretty much uh, SOL. <laughs> so the, yeah, the first few were, were I liked the one. Uh, it was he was kind of like a scorpion, and you had to shoot underneath him, and uh, that that was like uh, you know you had to know the pattern where he was gonna shoot and all that, or you could just cheese it. And there is a spot up high that you could uh, you could sit at. That I. Beyond the bosses, every every enemy in this game has some sort of exploit, some way you can exploit them, and I, I like that. I like going in and and you can do it the hard way, or you could try you could try to figure out the easy way, and all the bosses kind of had that uh, mechanic to them. So, yeah, uh, I I think uh, as they got a little more trickier towards the end, I I enjoyed the bosses more. So that one and like the wasp one. That, yeah, uh, yeah, see, like that one is really that one's a tough boss. If you yeah. go in, you like, I don't know how to do, I don't know what to do, and you're trying to jump and trying to figure out the patterns. But really, all you got to do is run. There's like a, a step, the very first step, and if as if you stay close to that, uh, it has a tough time pushing you back. Oh, and you I didn't know that. Back. Yeah, and you can even get on the other side of that boss, and hmm. uh, it it won't turn around. You can kind of cheese it there too. So like, oh. there's. I like that. I like that there was different ways to take down the boss. No real right way or wrong way, just whatever kind of worked for you. Right on. Yeah, that wasp was was probably my hardest. Um, and so I'm I'm actually interested in knowing that now, which is cool. Knowing now, next time I could just kick its ass. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, he was tough. Uh, okay, uh, P1, your death count and your bosses. Uh, my death count was ninety nine zero. Nine. Does it stop there? Like, is that the max? Like, it doesn't no, record anymore. No, it's not, after it's not the max. Uh, and I, I, my my total time was ten hours fifty six minutes. I had forty six percent of the items and seventy nine percent of the map. Okay, right on, right on. What do yeah, you think see, of the boss? That's, sorry, that's why probably why you died a lot because forty uh, percent is not yeah, true. And I had like all the documents. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You needed some upgrades. There's a lot yeah. of health nodes and uh, found your problem right there, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I liked it. I liked, like Kevin said, that you could try and figure out the ways to beat the boss. 
a lot of them I would just try and use the Axiom Disruptor, um, or then figure out which guns worked best. That Wasp was my biggest frustration. That one was like, I, I he was easily 15 of my deaths. Um, <laughs> really, actually, at one point, I think I considered quitting on that one. Oh, was, was that like, the one no. that I remember you losing it over one of them? Yeah, <laughs> was that, was the that one? one. That was the one. Okay. I was like, no, the, listen, there's going to be three people on this show who've beaten that game. I need to make sure I come on. <laughs> make sure I'm one of the three, yeah. <laughs> three who at least bothered to play the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at one point, I was wondering if Richard was even going to buy it. <laughs> oh, me too. Perfect. Perfect timing. That was the backup job, plan. Watch a speed run. um yeah no the bosses were cool i like the design there's one boss i want to know did any there's one you can run right by you don't have to fight him did anybody fight that guy no 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 wait i don't think i ran by anybody so i guess i did wow so it's like the second the third last boss you go in the room you talk to him and he calls you call yourself athetos when you come in the room with him and he's like, he says, Elsa Nova, that guy's here again. So his, he says all your dialogue, and you say all his dialogue, and oh, then you yeah, say, yeah. the door's no, open. I'm, I could just I run right by. Yeah, I what? Him. I, I could have swore he attacked me. He no. does. He does attack you, but you don't have to fight him. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, I definitely killed him then. <laughs> <laughs> wow, was he hard? No, he wasn't that bad. I mean, bad. N- not would he have been hard I... for a regular person? Oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, but no, I didn't realize you didn't even have to fight him. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Did you beat him with cool. a knife? Uh, Did you just use the knife? You melee him to death? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean, what did uh, what, what did you think of the bosses? Uh, really the same as these guys. I, I love the design. And I don't know. I just I thought it was really cool that the weapons in this game, I, I just played like 42 Mega Man games and... You know, the, the whole trope of, like, you know, rock, paper, scissors, like, it's always weak against this type or use the fire on the ice enemy or use the ice on the fire enemy. I liked how these had that physicality difference where, True. you know, I, I need to get, I need to hit under the boss so I can either throw one of those flame bombs and, you know, like the holy waters in Castlevania and wait for the flames to hit it. Or I could use the bouncy laser reflector thing. Or I can go under him and use the electricity because it'll arc up and hit him. So... I liked trying to, you know, rather than trying to figure out what his, his weakness was from an element perspective, try to figure yeah. out from a physics perspective, how can I get under him with the weapons that I have? I thought that was really cool. That's a good way of looking at it. I never thought about it. Um, how was it going through this? Because I know, well, they didn't have save states built into this one. So I was just wondering if... Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this season. I know Dean's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Dean's gone. He left. Yeah, he left, dude. <laughs> Two podcasts in a row, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, that was the most, that was the most honest wow I've ever heard in response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Dean. Actually um, offended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we really briefly touched on one more thing I want to talk about gameplay. I mean, I mean, it's probably the things you guys want to bring up. But that glitch mechanic, uh, one that uh, you guys were talking about earlier with the punch-out thing, um, did you guys like that? I mean, I guess you could just say it's any other thing, but I thought it was kind of neat. 
it was it was the reason I thought maybe this isn't a real world. Maybe this is just a virtual world. Because how are you unglitching things in the world? Um, did anybody else thought think that was odd, or, or did anybody else like it? I thought it was I cool. It. I, at least I haven't seen it before. So yeah, for me, it, it seemed kind of cool. Weird thing, though, a couple of times when I was using that gun to de-glitch something, the, the game actually crashed several times. Oh, really? Yeah, and I had to go back and restart it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like stuff's flickering all over, and I think you, you kind of see it at first, like some of the walls are twitching out and everything before you know what's yeah. going on. And it, it's kind of cool. It's like, well, is that uh, just a bug with the game? And then you realize it's it's a part of the, the gameplay and everything. But uh, I, th I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was definitely cool. Yeah, I, I liked yeah. it a lot. I um, there are two things in this game. Like there, you know, there's been so many Metroidvania style games that have come out, especially in the last ten years or so. It's like one of those. It's almost like as if in order to get indie cred, you need to make a, a, a Castlevania game. And two things in this game that I really like that uh, introduce something new. It's really tough at this point to introduce something new. True. Is is that. Um, what, you had the name before. What the heck is it called? It's a glitch gun, isn't it? Glitch gun, sure. Let's say that. Uh, that thing is cool. And then you get glitch bombs later on that take out bigger areas. So that was a really nice mechanic. And I also really liked the um, uh, drone. That was a really nice twist on the game, a way yeah. to get through the smaller oh, yeah. areas. Yeah, it's like a real... That. It's like a, a an interesting twist because uh, once you're, it, it's almost like you're, you know, Samus's ball. And once you're that. in that form, you can, um, uh, you know, you, you only have a limited uh, uh, weapons or whatever, but you still find items. Uh, so something that wouldn't give you uh, trouble, an enemy that wouldn't give you trouble when you're Trace, but it would give you trouble if you're this little guy. And I just thought that was an interesting mm -hmm. way, to, interesting twist on the Samus ball and and crawling through things and then to uh later on you lock the ability to transport oh, where that, that yeah where that um uh drone is and that was an extra twist on the game too because you're trying to find these things and it's like how do, how do i get up there and then it's oh it's you get the little drone you bring you, yeah. you know crawl through the wall knock a couple of blocks out and then you just zip on over there i thought those were the the two standout things in this game that uh, yeah. really made it not just another uh, Metroidvania game. Yeah, that's a really good point. You're almost Great. expecting those tropes of or conventions of, I need to wait until I get the double jump or the morph ball. Yes. You, never, yeah, there, you never get there, it. Yeah, there is no double jump in this game. There's not, there's really not like no missiles or anything like that. Really not a lot of the things are, are salutes to other games like, uh, like the um, grapple hook is basically like a buy on a commando um mm. uh, uh ability but uh to have it in this kind of game you know it's, there's not really a lot of samus uh mm. tropes in this game yeah yeah and, uh, but, i loved uh, i'm not much of a platformer at all and that the combination it got to the point towards the end where i was i was jumping and then at the height of my jump i was using my double tap to trigger my lab coat to shoot me up an extra, you know, yeah. four inches or whatever. And then at the height of that, I was shooting my drone. And as my drone was coming out, I was teleporting to where the drone, like, I was trying to do platformy stuff and then never got anywhere. But I did a lot of that jumping into that <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, in order to get some items, you have to do that. You have to yeah. jump up, do the transport thing, throw your drone, get it as high as you can, then convert back to trace and throw your bionic arm up in order to get to some of the higher things it's yeah it's crazy cool but it's fun it's good times yeah. 
I forgot and all about that drone. I can't believe it. Completely optional. Like you mentioned earlier, how a lot of the weapons are optional. You don't need to do them. Like that's that's uh, that's an aspect of games that I like when it's. I mean, you see it in uh, like Mario games. You can go through and beat a Mario game, but if you want to, you can go and you can get 999 moons and beat three extra worlds and do all this extra stuff. And True. they really they manage to incorporate that. I mean, Super Metroid obviously does it as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, but to, to have that in there and have it work so well, there's nothing I felt that was like even the flamethrower makes it ridiculously easy. But I didn't. I think with even without it, I could have beaten the game. There's nothing that gates it off. It's like you can do whatever you want, but you have to get this. You know. Other than the the, the, the standard uh, items, which are they're not difficult to get your drone, your your initial lab coat, that stuff is is easy to get to. But any of the extra stuff, it was it was a nice bonus if you had it, but you didn't need it. It's a really really well well balanced game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much anything that you absolutely need is something you're going to run over at some point in the game, or it's the item you get after beating a boss. So there's nothing really hidden in this game that you need in order to finish it. Yep. Did anybody get like the Doctor Octopus tentacle add-ons? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, all those... four of them. Yeah, those are cool. Oh, I didn't know there was four. I four. Well, well, there's I... two, but each one gives you two. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the, they looked cool, but they were kind of useless. They didn't really yeah. do much. You could you can only uh, make use of them if you had full power. So it, it kind of mutates onto Trace. It's like this mutation where he gets like four extra tentacles, but you only get it if you have um, full. Uh, power uh full health which i mean how often do you have full health in this game not too often and almost, uh <laughs> almost never immediately yeah. after a death and <laughs> even when you have it all it does is shoot these little red uh things straight it, it doesn't yeah. you know go where you aim so i i found it kind of useless but they do look cool they do <laughs> yeah and of course you know dean and his love for tech things Technical tentacles. Tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. Tentacle love. That's a di- don't Google that anyone. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Also, at this point in time, I just want to reiterate: this was made by one person. This whole game. Yes, I that, exactly. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's, I wanted to bring that up when we were talking about uh, you know the different uh, areas and that and how they all look. And I think it, it's it's impossible to not compare this game to Super Metroid or even Metroid, but you have to understand that this is one guy versus early 90s Nintendo. You know, right. it's <laughs> a little bit of an unbalance there. So, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Okay, um, anything else gameplay-wise anybody wants to mention before we get into the sound? Did Just... anybody get those secret worlds? Apparently there's, like, some secret yeah, worlds or secret weapons you can get. Well, the secret yeah. world is is basically like a mirror universe, right? It's you you go through them, and um, it, again, this is another element of the game that you don't really need. You can completely ignore it. I never and, saw uh, anything. Yeah, they they're just um, I, they're not really random. They're they're doors that are in specific spots, but you'll mm-hmm. just run into a wall, and then all of a sudden you're in this other uh, world. It kind of gives you a little bit of a warning because there's uh, little scan lines that uh, pop up on the screen. They're very faint. And that gives you an idea that there's one around. And then once you go through that world, they're very defined scan lines. So it's almost like you're looking at a CRT. Yeah. And uh, you can go through there and get uh, upgrades. Files and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it's all – none of it uh, is necessary. They're all just bonus. They don't even count towards your 100% completion. I remember the first time going in, Elsa Nova was like, hey, uh, don't go in there. If you go in there, like, I can't talk to you. We can't track you. And – 
I was like shaking. I was like, if I die in here, I thought maybe it would be like a roguelike thing. Like I was going to lose some stuff if I died in there. Um, I don't know if that actually happens, but because I got through it. But I remember sweating. I was like, holy crap, what does this mean? I don't know if that yeah, happens because I just don't die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no there's no save points or anything in there. It just and it just keeps yeah. going and going. It's the size of the actual of the the world, right? You can just go in and explore the whole world. But once you die, you start back at a save point in the regular world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I remember uh, stumbling upon that. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's get it to uh, sound then. I guess. Well, can, can I just mention one thing, guys? Yeah. You had di difficulty down here. Uh, yeah. One thing yeah. that this game will not let you do is run through rooms quick. If you try to just like, I'm just going to scoot through this room and get to the other side, you're going to lose a huge chunk of health because the enemies are just going to uh, t take a huge chunk off. You can get through it, but you're not going to get through it through health, full health. It's almost like as if it the game. It's forcing you to take out enemies in order to to carry on. Yeah, yeah so there's there's one stretch in particular that keeps bothering me, where um, on the edge, on the ends of the the stage, there are these like organic barriers with little orb in the center that mm -hmm. shoot these little mm -hmm. spheres at you. So you gotta knock yes. those down. You go through, and then there are these bat things with long tails that keep zipping up and down from one column to the next. Every yeah. time I got to go through there, it's just a slag because, I, you know, I got to stop and shoot this guy. It's, yeah. It's not difficult. It's just tedious. It's so, one of those I, moments like that. It's one of those moments where it gets rewarding or it it rewards you for doing the exploration and finding the upgrades because when you go through those rooms, once you have a few upgrades and you just blow through all these enemies, like Feels no good. problem. Yeah, <laughs> you get that. Oh man, that that made it worth it, kind of thing. <laughs> and I think that's that's what it was doing. I think that's what the game was trying to do, for sure. Yeah, Tommy Hap. Um, uh, actually, you did just bring up gameplay. Um, I played through a normal. What were the other difficulties? Is there like a nightmare or like a super hard mode? Yeah, if you beat the game, there is a, a an extreme hard. Like I think it is called nightmare difficulty. Okay. Okay. I I haven't taken that on. Okay, okay. Um, okay, yeah. So, okay, cool. Everybody good with gameplay? I think that was probably the meat and potatoes. That is the, the biggest part of the game, I think. Um, let's get into the sound, which was, I'm pretty sure, also done by Thomas Happ. Um, let's talk about it. Did anybody think it was good? Anybody not like it? Everybody think uh, it was awesome because it's pretty awesome? Uh, let's start with Dean this time. Dean, what did you think of the overall sound? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say anything bad about it. Um, again, it's hard to compare or not to compare with Metroid. It, to, to me, it just felt super atmospheric and super uh, inspired by 
games like Super Metroid. Um, but I thought there was some pretty good tracks. I thought that use of like the piano and the bass and the synths were really well. And almost that like staticky scratching you got with the bass, uh, it almost lended itself to uh, a lot of the glitchiness themes in the game. Uh, it almost sounds like it was made too loud or it's, uh, you know, the gain is too high on it for it to be uh, normal. So there were, I, don't know. Uh, I thought it was cool. I agree. And, and, and I get what you're saying because there were times where I was uncomfortable. Like the music makes you feel weird it was like weird sounds and it, it, it i guess some some spots are spooky <laughs> yeah yeah um, the boss music has like that air siren in the background that's almost yeah. like silent hill and then did you guys hear uh the motorcycle chase song from final fantasy 7 oh i might have at the time i can't remember yeah, i know yeah there's there's a, now. <laughs> a track called apocalypse and it it is that song just in like 8-bit format it's pretty cool cool that's awesome. and it's when you fight uh, the bosses okay awesome um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Metroid. There was a point where, actually, I think it's where Richard is now, um, and I was getting frustrated, and I muted the game, and I put on the Super Metroid soundtrack, and I was listening to that while playing this, and it helped me get through a tough spot. Um, but, yeah, it was cool playing a new Metroid game with the Metroid music, but I definitely appreciated uh, the original soundtrack. Um, how about you, Kevin? What did you think of the uh, soundtrack? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I have a playlist on uh, YouTube, and I have it has it's all the music from Axiom Verge, and all the music from Shovel Knight, and I just throw that on shuffle once in a while and just listen to those two soundtracks. They it's nice. remarkable how well those two go together. You know, uh, Axiom Verge is dark and moody, and Shovel Knight is a lot more bright, but it's it just sounds awesome. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I love the soundtrack. Uh, I love all the sound effects. I love, uh, you know, just everything. Like, just like that monster roaring and everything. Um, I know what a lot of uh, uh, complaints people have is the beeping noise that uh, occurs when you're low on health, which is a trope from the Metroid games and, and Zelda games. Um, I didn't notice it the first time I played it, but this time uh, that I was playing through it, I noticed that when that beeping would start, it would actually like i don't i remember it being very annoying last time and this time i don't know if there was a patch or an update or something but it would actually turn down in volume and it would keep in beat with the whatever music was playing oh cool was i did you guys have that as well so are, are you telling me like if mark's never heard low? the sound so he's not sure oh, i was gonna make that joke <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't notice. I, I do remember being annoyed by it. But on that same note, um, unlike Metroid in those games, you get rewarded at save stations where, with a full health bar here yeah. in this game. God, was I happy to see that. <laughs> yeah, that noise was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like okay, how cool. they had the save stations, like, oh, just almost just outside each boss room. Like, you weren't going to have to do a ton of backtracking when you dived to each boss multiple times. Me. That's a good point, though, yeah. No, I and, got a kick out of that, too. It was really helpful. And the room right before the bosses had that weird, like, uh, totem or something, and I don't know what you'd call but it. It was like a, like a heads-up, like, hey, and then the, the doors would be, you probably didn't notice this, Mark, but the doors were different colors, red for which way the boss was and blue for which way the save was. So you, I don't you, remember if, it, but I might have noticed it then. I don't. If you come into those rooms, you see your little Texas Longhorn symbol, and you can yeah, like, okay, I can. I should go save this before I die. 
Yeah, that's good advice. Um, so what did you think of the sound, uh, Sean? P1. I loved it. I mean, it's like everyone said, it's it's creepy, it's great, and it's all done by one guy. Like yeah, sound, man. graphics, gameplay, balancing, uh, everything. This this guy did it alone. And while he was making this game, he was doing this in his spare time. He was working for an actual game developer while he was making this game. Oh, cool. Do you know what he was working on? Uh, it was a developer that it's like Polystyrene or something. The name of the developer. I'll look it up, but uh, I, I don't even I don't know what they've ever released. I like most of the Polystyrene games. Um, <laughs> Richard, what did you think of the, or what do you think of the sound? Uh, music's fine. Uh, it does the job. I don't. I, I'm not humming any of the songs afterwards. I can't recall them. But uh, I was more impressed by the sound effects. Uh, right. I like a lot of the. There's that synthesizer tone when you get a pickup. It's like, brown, and then it you know, <laughs> does the little alien text and tells you what you got. And, you know, like the little sounds of the guns, sounds of all these little things. Those are more impressive to me. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> Going through the walls. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty close. That was good. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, overall, just great sound design. Um, just another notch or another feather in the cap for this game petroglyph games is who he was working for ah you don't work there no more do we uh we have star wars empire at war uh universe at war panzer general i've never heard of any of these games a lot of that one's an xbox live arcade game oh okay cool yeah what about those um zombie dudes that would attack you the oh yeah. yeah when you ran into them oh man i hated Scared those. the crap That's, out of me the first no time. shit like that like because you would see them and sometimes they would just be standing there with that like yeah. they're not moving they're just standing there and i'm just uh, like fuck me yeah. fuck me. like you, even then you're like i know he's gonna scream and jump i know he's gonna scream <laughs> and jump i know he's gonna scream. and then he would scream and jump and then I would scream and jump. <laughs> There's yeah. one point where they jump out from underneath the ground, and I wasn't yeah. expecting it. Yeah. 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 That gave me a, a, a <laughs> shock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Hap has worked on such games as NFL Street and Tiger Woods PGA Tour. Hey, those are games. Oh. Cool. He also worked on a Game Boy Advance project called Orn, a small Metroid fan game. Oh. O-R-N. <laughs> That's something to look into then. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we're in. Um, okay, cool. Let's get into graphics. I mean, we've already pretty much covered it, I think, the way that this game looks. Um, really dark, creepy, uh, but detailed while being 8-bit. That's that's the main thing is that it's got an 8-bit look. Um, anything else anybody wanted to add on graphics? Perhaps something that wasn't covered earlier? I like the explosions. Yeah. Explosions are cool because yeah. uh, everything is in 8-bit, but then the explosions kind of break that rule and they, they flop yeah. around a little differently. Yeah. And yeah, so it, it's, it keeps that old aesthetic and, you know, very familiar, but they do upgrade it and it's cool. Yeah. It, it has a nice look to it. Yeah, right on. Um, uh, like we were talking about earlier, other than uh, Trace's character design, I, got, I did find it probably the least appealing would be his character design. Um. But the gun, the first gun you get is huge. It looks huge on him, which I thought was cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like the enemy design. Boss design, I think, was probably the best thing. Um, big, over-exaggerated graphics. Uh, yeah. Some of the things in the background were pretty cool. Um, I don't mm. know if you made it to that, that one dungeon part, but you can see the bodies of the 
Rusalkis. Yeah. Like the big, mm-hmm. like scorpion. Oh, there was like a, yes. Creepy. a delicious squid. <laughs> <laughs> Being at a pause to have a meal. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, uh, the subtle one subtle thing about the background I found on the overworld you had that old school NES just black background like there was nothing back there it was like this is the part of the game that you explore and then anytime you got into a save room or a boss room there was a background there mm. like the save room was like there's a background you're safe in here this is a nice safe spot and then when you got into a boss room there'd be a background and that lets you know you're trapped in here with the boss. You can't. <laughs> Good point. Move around. I thought. I thought. I don't know if that was on intentional or. It just know. seemed like a nice subtle touch. Hmm. Good point. I, li- I like the use of size because the NES didn't. You couldn't really use size very well. You know. What I mean, you never had that scale that we had in this, and everything from Elsa Nova and the other heads to the bosses. It all like when it, you get that zoom out and it just you, it makes it makes the world seem so much bigger than it is. You know what I mean? Um, they, it's just he did an amazing job it was, he, made, he really made it like I think Richard said it best he made a game look you know look nostalgic but up, updated it you know what I mean with uh, yeah. with, with some new vibes um, uh, I think it's Elsa Nova later on that's walking around like you, you've got her fixed up and up and she's walking that scared the shit uh, yeah. that scared the crap out of me <laughs> I was like, I don't want to fight her. Like, she that's what I imagine uh, Falcor's skeleton looks like from um, Neverending Story. Just that <laughs> long spine and the claws. <laughs> yeah, creepy stuff. Um, just a weird world, you know. It's kind of a strange thing. You know, I did um, get a, a Neverending Story vibe out of this. That how that that glitch stuff was kind of encroaching on their land. It just reminded me of the nothing. And I thought that's what they were going for at the beginning. Ah, good point. Completely forgot about it until now. Huh. That's an interesting point. Richard, you um, just lift up your leg. I saw a naked leg. Do you have like nothing, anything on underneath that lap blanket or hey, I see a little tattoo. No, I can tilt this camera down. <laughs> turtle turtle <laughs> shirt and lap blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been watching the video close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been studying. Um, I've been studying. Um, Dean, was there anything else you wanted to add graphics-wise? No, I thought... Uh, I, I mean, I think we covered most of it. I really liked when you got outside into that snowy place. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And again, with the sense of scale, you're constantly climbing up in the background, sort of scrolling up as you go. and That was pretty nice. I, I can't remember. There was like this... Uh, I want to say like a temple in like the top right of the world. Um, was that optional or did you have to go in there? I can't remember. It looked like a pyramid when you first get. Yeah, to yeah, it. I, yeah, I would. I definitely oh, yeah, went yeah. in the pyramid, but I yeah. thought I had to. I can't. I can't remember if it was optional or not. But I remember thinking. Okay, I remember I, thinking you know, that looked really different. But you're, you're looking for stuff, right? Like when you're exploring, right. so of course you have to go in there when you're exploring. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> can't remember if it's optional or not. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just wanted more stuff like that, like landmarks, right? Like even the snowy outside, or mm. like that that entire underground base that you're in. There's there's not really any landmarks, or yeah, you have to almost go by where your save locations are. Yeah, you're right. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, it's okay. it's fair criticism that the the whole game kind of looks the same. There's like a samey look to it all. I, I agree with that, but 100. One guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, he he done good. He done good. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty much the game. Was there anything else anybody want to cover before we get into our lasting impressions? I I just wanted to ask uh, the multiverse edition. What what 
is the difference? Do you know, or what do you get? What's the bonus? I don't know. I just thought it was the uh, physical items that you get, but I'm not sure if there's anything in the game. It's just the physical version for Switch. It comes with the game and a little, I think it has a cloth map mark. and Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's nothing in-game-wise that you get that's extra. It's it's all swag. Okay. Yeah. Cool swag, but but swag. And I, and I think it's the only way to get it physical for Switch and Wii U, because they both had one. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure PS4 had it as well, but I think PS4 had a separate, just physical version. But I for Switch and Wii U, I think you have to get that multiverse edition um, to get it physical. Yeah, I've not, I've not seen it in store like just on its own, so I think you might be right. Let's get into our uh, lasting impressions then. This is where we're going to say sort of our overall thoughts, final uh, ratings if you want to give it one. Um, would you play this again in the future? Do you think you would still recommend this to people who haven't played it yet? Uh, let's go with Rambox. What was your lasting <laughs> impressions of this game? Uh, all I'm picturing is a big infinity loop. Um <laughs> I, no, I mean, I, I plan to continue on through it. Uh, if I can get past this struggle right now and get back on track to where I'm you know, making some regular progress, then yeah, I'll go through. I'll admit that it's not my first choice of gameplay, uh, these Metroidvania things. Uh, they come few and far between for me, but this one is good. It's got you know, just enough differences from what it's based on to let it stand out on its own. Uh, it, it takes the good, it improves on things, it tries a couple different things, so I'm happy with it, you know. Um, it, it's a good game, it's a good game. I can't say it's not, uh, it's just a matter of my personal preference, but I'm enjoying it and I'll, I'll do my best to work my way through it. Not going 100%. Okay, right on. I don't blame you there. <laughs> okay, cool, uh, let's go with Kevin next. Uh, yeah, highly recommend this game to everyone. Play it, it's good times. I. I yeah. What else can I say? It's just fun. If you oh, like you Metroidvania games and you haven't got to this one yet, do it. Yeah, just do it. Um, what is the digital price? Does anybody know off the top of their heads? It's just like a $50 Ten bucks game. on Steam right now. Yeah, Richard just bought it, so. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> and that's 50% off, right? So I guess it's 20 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, cool. Uh, Dean, your overall thoughts and impressions. 
Yeah, I loved it. I, I think through the club, we've played, what, Super Metroid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I think through those games, this has probably become my favorite genre of, uh, of game, uh, even more so than, than RPGs at this point. So I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a staple if you if you like that sort of uh, genre, that sort of Castlevania Metroid style game. Uh, definitely give it a try. But if you don't, it's just more of the same. So don't go near it. It doesn't improve or innovate enough for you to like this one, but not a Super Metroid or a Symphony of the Night. Right on. Yeah, good point. Yeah, if you don't like Metroidvania, I would, I would avoid it. <laughs> Agreed 100%. Um, and P1, your last one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So I, I, I as well really like the Metroidvania uh, style of games. Um, and that's as a gamer who's not as good at games and who has less time now to play games than before. Um, so if you like Metroidvania games and like you're good, play it. You, you've already played it. Um, if, if you like them and you're not good, play it with a guide. And if you're only mildly interested, wait for it to go on sale 50% on Steam. And at least try it because... You'll get four hours of entertainment out of it for ten bucks. <laughs> um, I really, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I don't know. I, I need, I need to have that. That's not necessarily a hand-holding step-by-step guide, but a directional go here, go here. Because, uh, like Richard, if I, I, I like to, if I'm not getting like constant progress, if I feel like I'm lost or I, if I get frustrated, it's really easy for me to walk away. So, um, I, I recommend it. It's a lot of fun, uh, if, especially if you like this style of game. Good, good times. Right on, right on. Well, with that said, that is Axiom Verge, at least according to us. But we weren't the only ones playing along this month. Actually, before I turn it over to Sean, this is when I lose control of the show. So I'm just about to say, I just want to say thanks to you guys being here. Um, it's kind of nice having this crew here in particular. Um, we're stepping away sort of from from doing these. And this crew here from one way or another, this is the reason where the club is the way it is today is because of this crew. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of other people that are involved it too, but this is sort of the beginning. Um, so I just want to say it was cool getting to have you guys here for sort of our last hosting time. Cause I mean, we're going to be guests on the next one, but, um, but yeah, so that is Axiom Verge in terms from us. Now we're going to get into the three word review from the people who are also playing along in the club this month and P1 can take that away. You, uh, I think it's cute that you think you had control of any of the shows. <laughs> uh, and that was a good cutaway to me before you started crying there. I could hear it in your voice. I can um, choke that up easy. <laughs> and it's not just because Richard's removed that lap blanket. Let's see what Twitter has. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. three-word review. If you want to get your three-word review read on the show, it's really easy to do. Go on Twitter. Whatever game we're playing that month, tweet out three words, giving your thoughts on the game. Maybe throw the name of the game in it because sometimes we get them confused. Um, and hashtag CC3WR. And this will continue on uh, even with uh, the new hosts coming up. I'm pretty sure. Um, they haven't said that it's not, so we're going to say yes. And if they don't, well, that's probably the Democrats' fault. So, first up, uh, base guy 654. He says, scientist kicks butt. And, of course, Shadow's going to choose right now to start barking. That's perfect. Uh, he also says, so many gadgets. Caleb J. Ross from Masters of Unlocking Podcast. He says, Nightmares and Secrets. Church the Game Grinder from the Game Tenants Podcast. This is, I probably shouldn't have started this trend because I'm going to hit somebody with a podcast. I'm not going to remember it. 
Uh, and he says, must play Metroidvania. Perfect. Shadow says, Shadow agrees. <laughs> Musty Hobbit of the Cartridge Club podcast soon says, Atatos say play. <laughs> nice. Jeffrey Hilliard at Jeffrey Hilliard at Self Destructo says Vorange all day. Gotta get that vitamin V. Oh. <laughs> uh, Richard, I'm gonna leave yours for you to say. It's a good one though. Is that, is that my real one? I but that actually, I am gonna say I am gonna say yours now. You're gonna get another one on the show because I need to say yours so I can say rockets because he just agrees with yours. Okay. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> so Ramvox's three word review from Twitter. Was it's Metroid, there. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocket Sauce's review from Twitter was, uh, in response to uh, Rambox, what he said. <laughs> Next up, we have Julian Vega at the Latin Legend. Not sure. Um, this must be so. There must be characters in the game that I missed. Uh, he says, "Bring Mark back." So <laughs> I'm not sure at what point in the game you meet this Mark and he disappears. Julian wants him back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Bradley on night mode now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, and the last through review from Twitter is from Tony Brazel at Brazel the Gamer, and he says Kilver kicks ass, and that's that yellowy shotgun uh, type gun. That's Twitter, folks, and I'm going to come over to the panel, and each one of them is going to give us a three-word review, and we're going to start with Dean, because I know he's already got his prepared. I'm sure he agonized over it all night on what he was going to say. Thank you, Thomas. Ah. Ah. And Richard. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to change it up so I can see if I can make Mark cry. Band (laughs) back together. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Kevin my three word review is splurge on verge go and buy it don't be a rambox and wait a day before the podcast (laughs) to go on sale is that our first rhyming three word review damn Uh, yes (laughs) confirmed nobody fact check (laughs) that's awesome I like it Uh, Mark if you've uh, if you're done with the Kleenex there wiping away your tears what's your three word review uh, I'm gonna say Metroid, but better. Mm. Mm. better. Only referring to the original Metroid. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and my three-word review for Axiom Verge <laughs> is play this game because I think you should. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thumbs it up. Um, that is the show, folks. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a, a real good time. Uh, this is actually the fun fact. This is the shortest show Kevin has ever been on. <laughs> right. What? Yeah. How long have we been recording? We've only been going an hour and a half. This actually might be the oh, shortest wow. podcast you've ever been on, ever. It might be. It might be. This was a tight one, just like the game, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're... I, don't challenge me. I can still stretch this out. I got a lot of this. <laughs> uh, if you're playing along with us next month, we're playing Street Fighter 2. You can choose your own subtitle because uh, there's like a hundred of them. My dog is really excited right now. And if you like Street Fighter, there's going to be a live tournament in Chicago on the weekend of the 27th, 28th, and 29th of July at Chicartridge Con, otherwise known as C3. Uh, make sure you're there at the, it's like the Holiday Inn in Scopane or Spokane, Skokie, isn't that, Thurmer, isn't that Shermer. Washington? I don't know where it's at. <laughs> It's in Chicago. <laughs> Somebody's got links. 
Uh, jump on the CC Discord. Yep, you can find links. it where it is. Come play your Street Fighter. And that show is going to be hosted by uh, Musty and Rocket Sauce because they're going to be live on scene for that that that, that tournament. Mm-hmm. I want to thank our panel for being here. Like Mark said, uh, this really is how the club started was this group of guys. And, and Darren from the Gaming Pilgrimage. Um, hey, Darren. Shout out to Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Long time ago. Multi- we, uh, we ripped off Multitap's idea and, and started the club. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you guys for being here so much. When Mark and I were wrapping up, we knew we wanted to have uh, this group on either the very last show or the one just before it. Um, so we're really glad we were able to get, get together for this. I uh, really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to this year's CC Awards so I can vote for uh, the right podcast this year. <laughs> um, so for anybody who's listening one last time where they can find everybody, Dean, where can they find you? Sure. Find me on Twitter, round underscore two underscore gaming, or over at www.cartridgeclub.org in the forums or in the Cartridge Club Discord. And he does not use save states. I just want to make sure that my... <laughs> get that out. I, uh, I just realized that for 58 episodes, I've been pointing at the guests to say where they're going, and nobody knows who I'm pointing at. <laughs> uh, Kevin, where can they find you? <laughs> Well, before I say that, just let me thank you guys for uh, having me on. Uh, I like to think of – I'm going to say that this is like the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. This is the big send-off, and it's a good one. Uh-huh. And your your true final episode uh, that you're going to do with Musty and, and Rocket Sauce, that's kind of like Generations, the movie. You know, It'll be <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It'll pass over the torch, but really forgettable. <laughs> so this is the one to remember. So find me at buried underscore on underscore Mars on Twitter and just type in Retro Fandango on Google and you'll find everything you need to be entertained for the rest of your life. Right on. It's a good analogy because the cast was all a little bit heavier when that happened and I'll be a little heavier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Richard, where can they find you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to step outside of my role here for a second also and just say thanks again, guys. This uh, community you put together has been a wonderful place for everybody to hang out. It is insane to think that, you know, when I first signed on, you, you had about seven uh, members, <laughs> and I think four of them were your mom with uh, alternate accounts. <laughs> remember that. Uh, yeah. To where it's come today, where it's just this huge thing. And I remember you guys saying very early on that someday your dream was to – you know, just be a small part of this larger club. So congratulations on having your dream come true. Um, also, congratulations on selling out to the Americans for hosting this for this point forward. Good. Oh, I, I can just see Sean sitting there scratching his chin one day saying, where, where, where can we take this podcast? Oh, yeah, let's have alternating months of Microsoft and Nintendo 64 games. <laughs> it's the future. So, so job well done. That's um, terrifying. <laughs> That's funny. A bleak future. Uh, at what? the Rambox on Twitter and Google Retro Fandango. Oh my! Um, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for being here. Now I'm gonna get out of here before I cry. So I'm just gonna say, uh, <laughs> CC Unite. <laughs>